Welcome back, or welcome to the virus-free Golf Nerds podcast. Um, you may notice something if you're a fan of U2, that Bono, when he writes his songs, likes to anchor that song into the moment of time it was written. Um... I'm freestyling this part of the podcast because I normally write everything. Um, no, what I mean is I didn't even plan these thing about you too. Um, so, <clears throat> um, there's a line in one of his songs that says, when hip-hop drove the big cars, and, and he, he says it's just, it was a really special song to him. Um, and when he played it, he wanted people to understand... Um, when it was written, and it was that time of 90s gangster rap. Anyway, so I've done it by talking about the virus in a, a virus-free podcast, but I'm not sure... Well, let's let's wait for them to cancel Augusta, and then we'll do a virus podcast, right? So, um, we could do it now. Just so you know, right? Here's just one fact that I want you to take away. Um, you know all those folks that are saying that hot weather um, kills off the virus. Just let me leave you with two ideas. Um, one, Singapore. Have a look at the numbers. It's hot there all the time. They never have cold. Two, Qatar. Um, I think it was 283 cases today added. It's never cold there either. Draw your own conclusions. Anyway, boom. We've got two things to talk about today. Um, We're going to talk about club fitting. um, Because it's important. We're going to talk about golf lessons. Some more. And... um, and, you know, what other, other stuff we ramble on about. So, let's go straight in club fitting. Now, I may have said on this podcast before that I think club fitting is bullshit. Now, that's not strictly the truth. Although, it is. Allow me to expand on that. So, you'll notice if you're a follower of golf history, and I sincerely hope you are, that club fitting became a thing, I'm going to say, in the early 2000s. Before then, people just went to the shop and bought their clubs. But then what people did, sort of in the late 90s into the early 2000s, is people thought, fuck the shop. I'm going to go and buy them on the interweb because it's cheaper. Now, Joe, the club pro, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast, um, shat a brick because he couldn't justify his inflated charges anymore. So what he did was he told you, through the PGA, through Golf Digest, where all these big club companies advertise and stuff like that, that you need to get yourself fit. Now, 
half of the guys offering the fitting services back in the today back then hadn't got a flying fuck of a clue how to fit a set of golf clubs. Um, I remember when I did my PGA apprenticeship, um, we talked about regular and stiff shafts and how some tour pros use X-Flex. Um, we talked about lie angle and how you used a lie board, which is a piece of perspex, basically, um, to measure lie angle. And we talked about the um, difference lie angle would make. And I think, I can't remember, I think I was told that if someone was playing regular shafts and they had a hook, you should probably put them into stiff. And if someone was playing stiff shafts and the ball wasn't going very high, no, yeah, and the ball wasn't going very high and looked a bit pushy, um, like it hung out right and just didn't really do anything, you should bring him down to a regular flex. Um, and that was that. There we go. That's where I learned about club fitting. Um, and so, but these guys had a, an income to protect, so they were like, get fit. And then, you know, launch monitors became a thing uh, and stuff like that. But while all this was happening, there was a company called Ping. Ping understood two things. One, it was way cheaper to make cast golf clubs. Two, that if they could let people, um, good golfers, buy cast golf clubs pre-bent to their lie angle, they could sell these cheaperly, these golf clubs that were cheaper to manufacture and, um, you know, it worked out well for them because they lowered their overhead maximize their outputs they were selling them as as pre-fit they were better gear and, and let's be honest they were and the classic ping fitting chart is used by manufacturers and salesmen of golf clubs from all different types of companies because it's really good and so i just um made a really funny comment because I am fucking hysterical on the internet and what it said was if you do a static fit that's that measuring your wrist of floor height and do everything that ping asks you to do to come up with your um, dot what dot you are what you have got yourself into a really solid place you can use that information to fit yourself to, to a standard better than you'd get in most American golf shops, some professional golf club pro shops. Um, where else does fittings? Anywhere. Anywhere that sells um, golf clubs in sealed boxes, basically. Um, you're doing a better job there. Because um, you're thinking about you, 
But here's the thing, right? So you can take, you can do your ping fit, right? So for me, because um, I'm short, my ping fit is uh, orange dot uh, with a shaft that's one inch shorter than standard. Um, my dynamic fit is actually gold dot, one inch shorter than standard. And the actual clubs I play are gold dot, standard length bent to flat. Uh, but I don't play pink. So, um, you can use that info. You can find out what pink fitting you are, and then find out what that means. Find out what standard length club is for ping what you know so say it's a 37 inch 7 iron that you should have bent to you know whatever degrees you can take that info okay now what you can do is you can look at your golf clubs you've got now say you've got um an off the rack set of tailor-made irons with regular shafts now if you find like when you hit your 7 iron you feel like it's going really high. And you know, when you play into the wind, that ball's just popping up so high, you're losing everything. Even when there's no wind, the ball's popping up high, you're struggling with the ball spinning off the front greens. Sounds to me like you're struggling with the ball going too high with a bit too much spin. You know? So what you could do is you could bump yourself up a flex, okay? So literally, if you've got, let's say, classic dynamic gold R300 in there, bump yourself up to an S3 or an S400. You might lose half a club in distance, but you should get that back in accuracy. You might even not lose the distance. You know, it just depends on, on your swing and how strong you are. Okay, but you probably you should definitely get that back in accuracy in that situation I put. But say you're the other way. Say you've got those off-the-rack set of tailor-mades with S3, S400s in. Okay? But whenever it's dried out at your golf course, you're always rolling through the green. You always feel like, you know, there's guys who can just sort of flick their wrists and pop up a 7-iron that goes really nice and high and lands softly. And no matter how good you are, you can't quite do that. Um, you always feel like your ball flies a bit lower than everyone else. Um, if, you know, flies low and rolls out, then you should probably have a go with a softer golf shaft. Now, before you go and buy those golf clubs, ask your mate, all right, geez, what shafts you got in them? And he's going to say, oh, I don't fucking know what you think I am, fucking golf nerd guy. So just have a look at the golf club. And if it says right that, you know, it's a regular flex, hit a few balls. Um, and if you get a nicer ball flight, that's all I'm talking about. A nicer ball flight. Higher. Maybe you're noticing a bit more schnippaloo on that. A bit more backspin. Maybe you found yourself shaft. If it's still just a shitty and low, you've probably got other problems. And let's be honest, you've probably got a lot more problems more important in your life than your golf swing. But, you know, this is Golf Geek podcast, so... Let's make out that that's the only important problem you've got to deal with. Um, so, you've got that going on for you. What about this? So you then... You then... 
you've worked out what roughly what shaft you fancy playing. So what you do is you've taken your ping static fit and you've worked out that that actually is, you know, what I need is one inch shorter than a 37 inch seven iron. Write that down on a post-it note. Um, and I need it bent to, you know, whatever degrees lie because the ping one is at, you know, let's say 70 and I want mine at two flatter than that. Something 68 degrees. I've made up those numbers. I can't remember what line seven iron comes in. I can remember a driver, but I can't remember a, a seven iron. Um, so you are 68. Here's what you do. Okay. If you're pretty much happy with the golf clubs you've got, but you're just like, I just, they're getting a bit old. I'd like to get fit. I haven't got the money. Right. So say let's let's be let's talk specifics now, and I'm going to get into Cobra again only because I know the Cobra range, because because they were nice enough to look after me with the free golf gear. Um, so say you've got some um, Cobra F6 standard game improvement irons. We're going to ignore the shafts. So they're a cast head. Okay. All I want you to do. It's just because you're upgrading, get anything newer that's in better nick than what you've got. But this time go for a forged head. You can have a cavity back if that's what you want. That makes you feel happier. Um, you know, a game improvement backed club. But get one that's forged. Forged is important here, especially with Cobra. Um, you're going to buy just anything head-wise. Forged, something that you like that pleases your eye. Again! Have a go on your mate's clubs if someone's got, like, some, um, let's say, um, some Mizuno, like, you know, JPX 800s. Nice, you get them in forged. Good, good, helpful iron to hit. Um, some of the Wilson forged irons. Again, beautiful looking clubs. If you see, your mate's got some of them. Forged is your key. Um, and you like the look of them. You find them with a shaft, like, you know, you've decided you're going to step up to a stiff shaft. Um, if you're comfy with steel, stay with that. Uh, if you're comfy with graphite, you know, just make that change. Um, if, the, if the clubs you hit are your mates with graphite and the ball was flying nice and high or that bit lower, fucking go for it. Go for it, right? Okay? Just, you know, eBay. There's always a sale on eBay. And, um... Don't be scared. Don't look. Don't, don't be a dick now. You're going to go on eBay. You're going to get, let's say, these JPX 800s that your mate's got. And you're like, no, I want them with this forged head, stiff shaft, because that's what Guy said. Don't go, oh, yeah, but, you know, there they are. And uh, there's the cast version. It's just 80 quid less, so I got it. You're a cock then. You've, you've broken the system. Okay, so what you're doing is you've got the um, forged heads with these stiff graphite shafts that you fancied, they've come now here's the, here's the magic right what you do is you go to your local pro shop okay? or um, anywhere, club builder club fitter, anything all you say is um, can you fit these for loft and lie for me and he'll say, yeah, sure. And he's like, look, I've done my ping static fit. It says I need these two flat based off a 37-inch uh, 37 7-iron. Um, 
I think these, I looked at the Mizuno website, these are 37.5, so they're probably going to be a hair flatter, don't you think? He's going to say to you, oh yeah, why don't you jump on my Shatman, or my um, Forshite launch monitor, or you know, he's going to get on a loft and lie board. Now, um, anything really to measure, hit a few balls, odds on, he's pretty much going to say what you told him. And he's going to charge you in the region of five quid a club to bend them to your fit. Okay? Roughly. Now, there's two things here if you want to get super fancy with your custom build clubs. What you can do is say you've got those JPX 800s off, um, off eBay. Go to the internet, find out what loft they should be as well. Okay? Find out what loft they should be. Each iron, each individual iron, find out where it should be. And say, hey, geez, um, I think it's been a while since these have been... No, they're not new. While you're bending the loft, could you just keep an eye on the life? Uh, while you're bending the lie, could you keep an eye on the loft for me? And tweak them back to spec. He's going to go, oh, you know. You're like, hey, geez, look, I've printed out the numbers for you here. You just keep an eye on it. I'm sure, you know, it's no, no biggie, is it? If you hand him the info, or her, he's going to be pretty chill because you've done the work for him. Okay. Now, especially what's going to sweeten this deal for him, if you say, oh, by the way, geezer, could you um, sling some new grips on these? Um, and you pick whatever grip you fancy, right? I'm a mid-sized man. I like something thick in my hands. Thick and black. Um... And a stiff shaft. I do enjoy a stiff shaft. No, it's a lie, actually. I don't don't play stiff anymore. Um, although I might go back to no, I'm not. I'm going, but I'm going. I'm going for graphite, aren't I? An 80, <coughs> 80 gram graphite KBS is going to be my next iron shaft. Uh, but something thick and black in between my fingers every time. Maybe a little bit of a rib on there as well. Anyway. Maybe a long, veiny thing down one side. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, sorry, I almost got run over then by a Porsche. Not a real Porsche, one of them Cayenne things. The mom, your mum's Porsche. Um, so, you've gone to your fitter or your club pro. You've paid him five quid a head to, um, to bend the lie. You've um, asked him to do the grips for you. Now, often, right... Often these guys, you know, you should probably phone ahead. They'll do a really good price on grips. I've found grips to buy online frustratingly expensive. I have a trade account with a few people as well. I'm a professional golfer, don't you know? Um, and still, it's just a pain in the arse. Um, I think most most respectable guys, you know, if they're if they're making three or four quid a unit on um, on selling you a grip. I'm not saying they install them for free, but they install them for very cheap. Because it, it, especially if you've got a good setup, it's very quick to put grips on. I mean, again, take them the info. Make someone's job easy. If you say, oh, can you do this, 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 and this for me? Um, people are much happier. But, you know, be your own Pope. You don't need someone in authority to tell you what you need. This info is free in this podcast. Send me a tweet at golf nerds guy 
Find me on Facebook. I'm not hard to find. Um, and I'll help you out. I'll really happily help you out with that. Um, because, because why not? I, I love this game and I want you to be better. And one way you can be better is to play gear that does fit you. Um, but you know what? With that process I've given you, you would get better fitting gear than going to your free fitting at American Golf, run by some kid who may or may not play golf, may or may not know how to use the launch monitor. Um, you might get some guy who knows how to do all of that stuff perfectly, but ultimately he wants the sale that day because he's got a daily target to hit, and guess what? He just happens to have what your exact fit in the stockroom. Who'd have fucking thought it? Um... Do you know, the first time someone told me that I fell for it, um, I didn't buy it. Was, uh, I mean, it was, uh, it was a student of mine. And I, I wasn't so much into the fitting stuff. Because I told you my, my training and fitting um, was shit from the PGA. Um, I was playing golf with this guy called Mark. And we, we were really good friends, but I'd been helping him with his game. But, you know, still a dear friend. And I, he got these... Um, AP1s or something like that old tightless irons and I was like he was talking about changing um, and Taylor Maid were looking after me and um, he, he'd fancied a set of rocket blades and I was talking about cast iron so you got to be careful you can't get them bent for life uh, and he's like oh well don't worry about that guy uh, I just happen to be exactly the stock fitting I'm that guy in the middle of the range I'm Mr Average and I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, oh, I went for a fitting to get these tightless irons. I was like, oh, where did you go? He's like, oh, PGA Superstore, somewhere like that. And um, I did this 30-minute, 40-minute fitting, loved it. I was hitting these clubs the furthest and straightest of anything there. And, um, and the guy told me, you know, it looks like you just happen to be Mr. Average. You are Mr. Standard Length, Standard Lie, Stiff Flex. So, do you know what? I can help you out. I've got a set of them in the stockroom. If you want to take them away now, I'll give you 10% off. And I was like, well, fucking A, all right? Well done, mate. You saved yourself some money. Because, you know, they'd, you'd have, um, that discount would have got sucked up in the custom work they had to do. He's like, damn straight, motherfucker. I looked out. And, you know, chink troubles all round. Um, now I realise my mate Mark just got raped on his irons. But um, he does listen to the podcast. I've, I've previously had this chat with him before, though. Um, yeah. But look, just so you know, my credentials here. I am a certified fitter for True Temper, Trackman certified, <coughs> Mizuno certified, Cobra certified. Um and um, the most valuable fitting thing I've done is um, a day one, not one-on-one, it's small group training with um, Michael Neff from Gears Golf, uh, which is the biomechanic 3D uh, system, which is unreal. Um, and not many people have that. Um, and it's not like I have it, but I have access to it if I want it. And that is, um, you know, it's a real privilege to have spent that time and I, and I learned so much there 
Um, the other stuff I did was just online training for various companies to check a box, apart from Cobra, um, to check a box to say I was, you know, worthy of fitting their gear. And it was useful. Um, you know, I learned stuff, but it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, a genius sharing his knowledge with me. Like spending a day or so, or more than that, with Michael was. Um, so I think that's all I had to say about fitting. Now, we're going to talk about golf lessons. Uh, that was part of another thread on Tinterwebs. Some guy was sharing his lesson experience, and, and it was positive, right? He was saying, I went for a golf lesson, this pro... He gave me a piece of advice during the lesson and I instantly started hitting the ball better. He says he'd give me a practice drill to work on um, if I've got the time that's going to continue improving my game. And he's given me a couple of tips that I've taken to the course and they're already paying results. You know, the results are showing. And I'm like, that was a fucking perfect golf lesson. And it opened my mind to what I think is the opposite of that. Let me tell you. If you go to a golf lesson and the golf pro does not have the ability to improve your game instantly and let's say... Um, what else? Um, so, yeah, if you can't improve your game instantly, especially if you're playing off... I mean... Let's say, especially if you're paying off a two-figure handicap, um, he should fo- there should be stuff in your swing he can fix or give you an idea or a tip to lower your score instantly. Um, you know, and it can be as simple as, "Hey, man, I know this is this is the sort of advice people give me, um, and it's stuff I already know because you know, pro, but." This is what I expect people to be saying to me. Um, Hey, guy, I notice you've got hooks for days. You've just played that natural draw, and it looks great. Um, You know, you need to really allow for that, because your swing is not going to give you much else without a lot of work. Um, You know, can I help you with your alignment to make sure um, you're definitely setting up for that draw perfectly every time? Um, that's the sort of thing I'd expect people to bring into me. Um, you know, because if that's where I was leaking shots, really trying to fight that hook instead of using it, um, that's sort of easy win someone could give me in my game. And then if he said, if someone was able to say to me, Hey, look, I think you're actually leaking shots as well, because that, that draw you've got leads you to hit the ball low it's not that your gear's not fit right for you, because I can see that it is, but you've got quite a low ball fright. The ball's sticking to the green, but there's times that's going to hurt. Here's a couple of ideas to, um, to help you hit the ball higher. Um, and then, if they took that step further, he's like, on the golf course, though... You know, especially over the next month, if you've not worked on those ideas, here's a couple of tips just so you can manage that low ball flight. That's the sort of info I want. Something that I can do now that's going to fix my swing, something I can work on that's going to pay off into the future, and something I can take to the golf course an idea 
that's going to strategically help me lower my score. That's what I want from a golf lesson. That, to me, is a perfect golf lesson. Now, if you go to a golf pro and he says, oh, well, you know, I can't do anything until you've changed your grip and that's long work, so... You know, why don't you go to the range and practice this new grip I've given you and come back next time and, and we'll, we'll set about, see what else we can do for you. Go fuck yourself. Like, literally go fuck yourself. Um, like, spend 20 minutes in the bog pleasing yourself because it's a better use of your time than the remainder of this lesson. Um, if a pro tells me I need to practice more to get better, get fucked. Like, do you know why you can get fucked? The reason you can get fucked is, I wanted to know something new. You are literally telling me, pro, um, to get better at golf, you should practice. Really? Fucking hell. How long was that PGA course? Did it take you that long to learn that? What I'm saying is, a good golf lesson should give you something you can't find in the opening moments of a how-to-play-golf video. That being, you know, golf can be a bit challenging and the swing may not feel too natural to you, so it might take you a little while practicing till it feels easy. Yeah, practice and you'll get better. And that's why I give away those, even when I was working as a golf pro, people would say to me, oh, I need to lower my score, what can I do? And I'd say, look, you know, practice your wedges. You'll find that help a ton. Like, no one practices their, their wedges too much apart from about... 100 golfers in the world roll in 15 foot putts just keep hitting them okay practice long putts for pace and roll in eight 15 feet putts just so you get used to holding the ball from long range that will pay results for you straight away but that's not fucking rocket science that's just common sense applied logically um which is often what a consultant or a coach does but you need that third-party bird's-eye view sometimes to hear or to give that view. Um, so, yeah, shit golf lesson. Change your grip and come back and tell me. Or change something and come back. We can work on this after. Go fuck yourself. I'm playing golf tomorrow with my mate. I've given you 30 quid, 100 quid in my case, because that's what I was charging. I've given you... 100 quid for a golf lesson you need to fucking give me some info so I rape that guy on the golf course otherwise what are you charging me money for and damn straight that's that's what you should be getting from your golf pro otherwise why is that guy any better than the dick on YouTube who thinks he knows not on YouTube on Facebook who looks at swing videos and thinks he can help you because you know what that dick can tell you to practice more as well or to change your grip or to, you know, stand with alignment rods so you're square to the ball and give you an image of a train track. You know, fuck. We've moved on, right? Um, and I want a tip. That's why a lot of people say, and, and they're not wrong, per se, a good golf coach needs to be a good golfer. Now, I'm going to nuance that. A good golf coach needs to understand how to shoot low golf scores. I have no idea if Butch Harmon is a good or bad golfer, but fuck, I'd love to let him look at my golf swing and I'd love to walk around 18 with him and let him tell me how to reduce my score because he understands how to shoot low golf scores. Um, David Ledbetter, solid golfer, like solid pro golfer. 
Um, not, not like PGA Tour Pro. He was close, though. And obviously, even to get that close, he knows how to break par. He knows how to shoot par when his game's shit. And, and that's the kind of intel I want in my game. And that even if you're shoot, you want to know how to shoot 18, um, 90 when your game's shit, he's got, he's got tips for you, right? Um, whereas, and that's the difference between, let's say, the guy who's shooting 100, well, let's say 80, but comments on every Facebook swing video, he may not know how to go low on a bad day. Um, and I wish I did have the ability to go low on a bad day, but I know how to do it because I've helped people do it. I've studied the game long enough to understand how it's done. And, you know, I'd like to say that if I put in the hours, I'd be able to implement that myself, but my life's moved on. Um, so that's that. You know, to be candidly honest with you, we've been talking for about 33 minutes now. And uh, just before... I hit record, I had um, one of those um, 500ml bottles of Diet Coke, and I'm busting for a week. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pause that there. Uh, ah, do you know what? I'm not. We should call it a day, right? Thanks for listening. I'm off to the bog. Um, I hope you can take some of those ideas and put them into your own game, or use them to find a coach who will give you great ideas to put into your own game. But until next time, ciao.